Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 4. It's occurred to me that some friendships are like a good game of hockey. The right balance of teamwork and smooth skating generally adds up to a winning combination. Like me and Pete Thornton. Partner, boss, friend, you can't do much better than that. Part-time lover. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, there's no part-time loving with MacGyver. You either all in or you all out. <laughs> and with MacGyver, it's always all in. <laughs> just see, like Pete, like he gets up in the middle of the night from his house to go to the bathroom, and like Max's hand comes out and grabs his ankle and just pulls Pete under the bed. <laughs> I told you to tell me when you had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, I brought a chamber pot here for you. There's one right here. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Things are getting real dicey around here. <laughs> Can you tell this is the third episode we've recorded in a row? I think they just get. I think our episodes get looser. Like we get a little looser with the plot. Like my stools. (laughs) Like Pete Thornton's stools in the middle of the night. Oh my god! Okay, welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I'm your host Dave Champa. I'm your other host Greg Klein. For those of you who are actually still listening at this point, this is Mullets and Memories, episode eighty-one. Tonight, Greg and I will be discussing season four, episode seventeen, "Easy Target." Now, I, we mentioned this briefly in uh, the last episode, episode 80. That voiceover you just heard is the last time we will hear the voiceovers. According to my research, I've done research before and it has been proven incorrect. <laughs> I did this once. I did this back in season two or one for the opening gambits. Uh-huh. I was off by an episode whatever, for the opening gambits. But Nobody according cares. to my research, this is the last episode that utilizes the voiceover narrations for the rest of the series. Mm. You brought up a good point and asked why they didn't just wait until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Because there's only two more episodes. We have episode 18 and 19 after this, and then we're done. I don't know. I know that Richard Dean Anderson did not like doing the voiceovers. Well... Because they didn't work or he didn't like doing them? I don't think he liked doing them. How hard is that? I don't think it's hard. I just think, I don't think he liked doing them. I like. I think he liked just like you drop drop it right into the middle, into the start of the episode. You kind of learn as it goes along. I don't think he just liked, I, I mean, I think they're fun. Yeah. I enjoy them, mm-hmm. um, but I guess this is, uh, this is the last time. I mean, they're a little hokey. Sure. Sure. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I enjoyed them. I thought they were fun to listen to, but... I guess uh, I guess we're done. Yep. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. it. Um, but I just want to. Uh, so I just want to point out here: the show opens with yet another driving bit. Like, yeah, it's MacGyver in his Jeep driving someplace. So right. many episodes start with that. Yeah. Oh, he's it's, always it's driving like he's, somewhere. Like he's Bruce Banner, like constantly roaming, right? <laughs> finding trouble. Uh, and in this episode, he and Pete are having a lovers' quarrel. In the yeah, car, a bit. They're on their way home from a ski weekend, and apparently, it didn't go well. No, um, I guess Pete started a fight with someone on the slopes because this person cut Pete off on like a black diamond. Yeah, because MacGyver's like, you know, Pete, 
that that was a like a double black diamond for professionals. Well, Why were you out there? Well, what do you think? I should have gone on the bunny slopes. And Max like, yeah, well, you know, you shouldn't have been out there. And he didn't have to p- swing at that guy. He's like, well, he had it coming. He's like, well, that guy was the freaking owner of the resort, right? You took a swing at the owner. Yeah. And now he's like, and Max, like, I've been, I've been waiting my entire life to go to this mountain. This is all I've wanted to do. I've wanted to ski this mountain, and now you've got me banned for life <laughs> from the mountain. What? I'm like, are you kidding? Wow, that resort owner is a real dick, right? And then like knowing that it's Pete, not Mac, and oh my god, bans them for life. Because you imagine that Pete or MacGyver probably came to Pete's side. But I don't think MacGyver's the type that's going to throw a fist at this guy. So, like, why is MacGyver being punished? Right. Pete's the one who threw a fist at the guy. Oh, poor MacGyver. Because <laughs> Pete got cut off on the slopes. <laughs> Such a freaking baby. He ended up on a black diamond. And so they're just bitching at each other, and like they're just like sniping back and forth. And as they're driving and they're fighting, the the Jeep starts like sputtering uh-huh. and eventually just runs out of gas. And <laughs> MacGyver's like... You didn't check the gas tank, Pete? He's like, no, I was so busy yesterday trying to figure this and that out. I guess I must have slipped my mind. (laughs) But I'm thinking, like, wait, so MacGyver, you don't check your own gas gauge? Like your own Jeep either? Right. It's the first thing I look at when my car starts. I check the gas to see where the gauge goes. Right. How much do you have left? Come on, man. So come on. So apparently, yeah. So apparently, it was Pete's responsibility to look at Max Gas Gauge, yeah. to put gas in the tank. And so Pete's like, "Must have slipped my mind. Sorry about that, <laughs> douchebag." Like, right. So they get out and they're like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" Mm-hmm. So like, well, why don't we just split up? Pete, you go that way. I'll go that way. If I find gas first, I'll gas it up and I'll come back and get you, and vice versa. Well, so just it, I was thinking about this. I was like, why would they? Why would one walk back the way they came? They would know if there's no gas station there, <laughs> right? But they 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 stalled out at an intersection, so like they could either go left or right. So right, Pete goes left, Mac goes right, something like that, and uh, that's it. Yeah, and so they split up. So yeah, Pete goes off one way and Mac goes the other way. So they're so we cut to a gas station a little ways down one in one direction. We don't know which. We don't know who's going to end up at this gas station. We know somebody's going to end up there, and we see these three people, and they're in the uh, uh, they're in the gas station, and they pretty quickly kill the owner of the gas station. Yeah, well, doesn't Very it cut quickly. straight to a, a dead body? Does it cut to the straight? Yeah, I, I said I wrote Mac doesn't check his gas gauge. They have had a fight. And then I wrote what a jump a dead body. Oh, yes, it is, because they cut right to the dead body, and these right. three people are just, like, standing in the gas station over the dead body. Right. Clearly, they're waiting for something, and we just don't know what at this point. So the the leader of the, the three, his name is Jonathan, who, by the way, does not look like a Jonathan. I would rather he have been, like, a Gunther or something ah, like that. Yes. Just the accent did not suit the name Jonathan. Yeah, this kind of vaguely Eastern European, <laughs> like, what what are you, sir? Right. So he like he sees MacGyver like kind of like sauntering up into the gas station. So Jonathan puts on the owner's jacket and he walks out, shuts the door, and he's like, "Hey, can I uh, can I help you?" He's like, "Yeah." MacGyver's like, "Yeah, I, buddy and I ran out of gas just down the street here. You mind giving us a hand?" And so the guy he like has a moment of hesitation, oh. and he's like, "Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, I can I help you with that." So he grabs a gas can, fills it up, and he hands it to MacGyver, and um. As he's filling up the gas can, you know, Mac, like a dummy, he's like pulling cash out and he's like dropping shit all over the parking lot <laughs> of the gas station. And one of the things that falls out of his pocket is the Phoenix Foundation ID. Uh-huh. It has MacGyver's name on it. 
And he's like, oh, oh, oh we should have freeze-framed that to see what it says. I'm going to do it after this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to do it. We'll, talk. we'll bring it up in the next in episode 82. Okay. I need to know what it says on the ID. I didn't even look. I watched it a couple hours ago. Yeah, it just went by so quick. All right. God, we're terrible at this. So Jonathan's like, oh, Phoenix Foundation, huh? And MacGyver kind of, he doesn't really say much about it. Oh, yeah, I work there. And he's like, yeah, that's what I do. Um, so he lets MacGyver go and he gives him the gas can and Max like, well, how much do I owe you for the gas can? And he goes, well, Jonathan's like, you seem like a pretty trustworthy guy. I'll, I'll, I'll trust that you'll bring it back to me. Don't, yeah. don't worry about it. That's fine. And Max like, yeah, all right, see you later. So they leave and Jonathan goes back into his, his two, his two colleagues, uh, Lisa, not Lisa, Liza, Lisa, I don't, I don't know, Lisa and Armin. I didn't like either. Of I didn't them. either. They were terrible. So they're like, why the fuck did you let him go? What are you doing like that? And he's like, well, he works for the Phoenix Foundation. Like we might actually be able to use that. But also like, why would they have killed him? Right. It doesn't make sense. He has, Mac has no idea what's going on inside. He was yeah. just an, like an, a simple guy looking for, yeah. wanted to get gas for his cheap. Like that's like right off the bat. These bad guys didn't make sense because they're like, why didn't you kill him? Right. Like, why should you? Because then it's one more body. He doesn't... Mac has no idea what the fuck is happening They're, right now. So... And it makes it even worse, because in the next scene, Jonathan gets on the horn with, with their other guy, Frank, mm-hmm. who's, like, in a cabin, like, working on some sort of a device. Now, that cabin, I think, was from a previous episode. Was it? Yeah. It was from... It was from um, when MacGyver and... Oh, God. <sighs> He was hiding in the woods when he did the trick with his jacket, where the jacket swung up on the tree. Oh, shit. Yes. I don't remember the name. All the wardens. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was that cabin. Okay. So, but like, yeah. So he makes this, the whole scenario gets worse because then he calls Frank, who's in this cabin, and he fires. He goes to Frank and he's like, listen, Frank, uh, there's another guy out here. He's like, I just helped a guy put some gas in his his Jeep, but there's a guy heading your direction. Um, Talking about Pete. Yeah. Talking about Pete. And he's like, Frank, get in the get in the car, pick up Pete, and take care of him. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> like pick him up. They didn't say who it was, but pick him up. The fuck, really? Right. Why? And so we cut to Pete, like like uh, breathing heavily, like down the road. There's like clearly winded, and the car comes up, and it's Frank, and he's like, oh, and Pete's like, oh my god, you're the best thing that's happened to me this weekend. Thank you so much for coming. And Frank just like pulls out a gun, and he's like, get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. God. Get in the car. What? And it just le- like you said, it's like. Why do they have to kill these two people? Not even kill them. Why do they have to grab them? We do learn his reasoning, Jonathan's reasoning. Right. Which I guess makes sense. Right. But it's just stupid. It was it was really dumb. And it, don't kidnap a guyver. Right. He'll he'll get out. But they don't know that. That's true. <laughs> so we cut back to the gas station and we see these two guys pull in and they're like they're they're transporting this really large Really large item. It's like covered with uh, with with a sheet. Yeah, it's on a flatbed truck. Yeah, it looks like a whole bunch of electronic equipment, or like when you see a truck go by on the highway that's got like transformers and stuff on it. That's what it looked like. Right. And so they go in, and they're like they're like kind of like shooting the shit with each other. Like I'll tell you right now, you order this sandwich, it's the best sandwich you'll ever get. And so we get Lisa. She comes out as as this as a waitress, and she starts taking the orders. And without missing a beat, pulls out her gun and guns both of them down. Right. <laughs> Very right. quickly. Like, really? <laughs> really? Like, really quickly. She's just like, <laughs> gone. They're dead. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, guess they're not getting their sandwiches. <laughs> I just, I really just, they wanted those sandwiches. I think they were, I know. T- it was like a Reuben or whatever it was. I can't remember what they oh, were talking they, about. They died wanting. So Frank takes Pete back to the cabin and he's like, at gunpoint, like forces him down into the cellar yes 
And we re- we we learn in the next scene that the item that these two dead guys now were transporting in the back of the flatbed was an EMP device. Okay. And Jonathan and the other two, uh, Lisa and Armin, they kind of like they they're pulling the truck off. They pull the truck off to the side of the road and they start setting up the generator. Yeah, off off the the device off the road. Frank talks a whole shitload of mumbo jumbo about how this thing works. Basically, it boils down to once this EMP device has enough power, you point and click, and it you take out the power to whatever you're pointing at. Right. In right. a large scale. Exactly. Basically. Like, he talked for minutes Explain about how the whole this whole thing, thing works. So, and the funny thing is, like, this, this big device was on the back of just a regular flatbed truck. Yep. That two just regular dudes, I guess they were military, or yeah. like they were part of that company. I think they worked for like an electricity lab yeah. or something like that, but or a power lab. Just park it, go inside for a bite. Yeah. Just leave this EMP device sitting out in the middle of podunk nowhere. Right. <laughs> it's like this whole thing was just smelling of just I- idiocy. Right. Like, what kind of company does that? Right. Exactly. So... The they're they're getting the EMP device ready and Frankl is like well, that transformer up there. He's like that'll actually be perfect. That's all the power we need to test this. Yeah, because they're pulling they steal power off the power lines nearby. So they hook up the device to the transformer up above and they activate it and get it ready. And as MacGyver drives by, they fire the dish mm-hmm. satellite dish at MacGyver's jeep and it just stops. Everything just shuts down. It just stops. The car stops. The terrorists come out, aim their guns at MacGyver, and take him hostage. Right. Pretty damn quickly. And then Pretty they easy. Throw him in the basement with Pete. <laughs> yeah, get in the basement. And this is where Jonathan explains it. Because Pete's like, what do you need us for? This is ridiculous. You know? And Pete's like, or not Pete, uh, Jonathan says, well, because I need witnesses. Right. You guys are witness. When this is all done, we'll tell them where you are, and they'll just come get you. And you can tell them, you can tell the authorities who did this and why, and that it actually worked. The Black Dove Front the is, Black. The name of the comp- is the name of the, the organization that they work for. <laughs> the Black Dove Front. Yep. So isn't that just a pigeon? Yep. So the opposite of the White Dove, White Dove symbolizes peace. I'm imagining that the Black Dove symbolizes war. Which is a pigeon. Which is a pigeon. Which is a pigeon. So the pigeon front. <laughs> the pigeon front. I've never seen a black dove. I guess they exist. Maybe I, not. Yeah, I suppose maybe they do. Pigeons um, are usually pretty dirty looking. Yes, they are. Um, anyway, so continue. What was their, what's their overall, with the plan is that they're going to use Pete and MacGyver. They're just Pete and MacGyver as witnesses. They're, that's it. Right. That they're just actual human witnesses to who did this, that they actually pulled this off. Right. That's it. Yep. They're like, we're going to take over the city. We're going to prove that the U.S. military is incompetent, uh-huh. and you two are going to be the. We're going to testify. And you're but gonna you're going to tell gonna, them that we're responsible for this, and you're going to stay here locked in this basement till it's all over. And when it's done, we'll tell them where you are, and that's it. And here's what we're going to do so that you guys can't escape. Uh-huh. They take two grenades. Mm-hmm. They tie Mac and Mac and Pete up. They take two grenades. They pull the pins out, and they put the grenades behind Mac and Pete, and they have them hold them. They're all like, right. okay, you're going to hold on to those. And if you drop them, boom. Yeah, I thought it was great, though, because they, they tied up Mac and, and, and Pete like with their arms behind their back and then put the grenade, like the, the like baseball grenades, in their hands so that they couldn't use their hands. Like, right. Which makes sense. Absolutely. I kind of like that. I thought it was cool. Yeah. But they didn't tie them to anything. They had free reign of the right. entire they could, basement. They could just walk around. Right. They, they were just locked their legs down or their bodies, nope. just their hands. And they should have tied them like face to face to each other. 
So close, they're almost kissing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put a belt around their forehead so that they have to kiss. Oh God, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> oh, so man. yeah, so so Jonathan and the guys they leave Mac and Pete in the basement. Yeah, and Jonathan starts going over the blueprints of the targets, like what they're going to hit. They had like this perfect roadmap with all these nice, neatly oh, written yeah. labels. Oh, it like, was beautiful. All the targets are. It's like you guys, wait, come on, you spent a lot of time on that map. Oh, absolutely. And so one one of the targets is a transmission station. And the other one is basically the telephone exchange that has, yeah. like, I think they at one point in the episode, it's like 12,400 yeah. phones in the city. Right. That houses all the phone lines. Yeah. So they're going to plan to take for out- For a city, that's not that many phone lines. No. no they're going to take out thing. both phones. The phones and the transmission station. Okay. They're going to take them both out. Cool. That's fine. I don't. They don't take out the transmission station because they, they want to get into the transmission they get, station. They use the feed- To hijack it. To hijack right. it. And right. so they're like, all right. So they figure the military is going to try to cover this up- but like you said, Pete and MacGyver are going to tell everybody what happened. Right. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that's a really big gamble they're taking on two guys locked in a basement holding two armed grenades. Right. If one of them slips and drops it, yeah. their whole plan's gone to shit. Right. Because they're not going to have any witnesses to testify for, for them. Right. Or you what know? if they learn how to use those grenades for something? Right. Maybe. And that's sort of what happens because Pete's trying to like come up with these plans. This they're, was great. They're bitching and bickering at each yeah, other. Yeah, MacGyver and Pete are like yelling at each other and just getting all frumpy and angry. And, and MacGyver's like, I'm not figuring this one out. You figure it out, Pete. Right. Pete's like, fine. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, okay, I got it. We're going to take one of these grenades, and we're going to throw it up there into the stairwell, and it's going to blow the doors open, and we're free. Yeah, but that'll collapse the basement in on us. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right. And then he's like, huh, huh. We can put something in to replace the pins. And I like this, because then MacGyver's like, now you're getting somewhere, Pete. I'm like, don't belittle Pete right now, you dick. I know, yeah. It's like, now you're getting somewhere, Pete. It's almost like MacGyver knew exactly what to do. Right. But just letting Pete He's sweat testing it out. Pete. Yeah. It's all part of the MacGyverland test that we yeah. saw a couple episodes ago. I know, exactly. Yeah, right. He's, so, like, what if it's Pete Thornton's, like, you know how he designed that uh, um, uh, that field test for everybody to go on the obstacle courses? Yeah. And then all, he also designed the, I think, the... Um, the relaxation, the relaxation course out in the woods yep. and all this stuff. Yep. Um, what if Pete also mandated that every employee is constantly tested by MacGyver? <laughs> I would. That'd be, that's like that MacGyver. Feels like what he's kind of trying. MacGyver to do. always has to condescend to everybody because he's always questioning their logic such and a, testing them. Such a dink. I know. <laughs> so, so Pete's like, all right. So Max's like, all right. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's let's start working on that. So we cut to Armin and Lisa. And they set up a charge to the phones, and they blow the phone exchange, yeah. and they knock out all 12,000 phone lines Nice, pretty quickly. Jonathan and Frank break into the transmission station, and they, they hook up their, sister, their, their scenario there so that they can actually break into the feed, uh-huh. and they can broadcast this message out to the entire city. Right. So then we cut back to Mac, and I love this, and we gotta, we're going to put this picture up. Um, he puts the grenade under Pete's chin. Yeah, and Pete's like, ah, oh yeah, ah. He's like, yeah. He's like desperately to hold this thing. Mac- Pete's like, how are we going to hold it? And MacGyver said something like, oh, we've all played past the apple or whatever, you know, like you know, you're supposed to pass right. it around without touching your hands. Um, yeah, and so Pete's just ah, <laughs> holding an, a live grenade under his chin, right? And so Mac takes the wiring from the ski ticket, uh-huh. and he uses it as a makeshift pin. He puts the one under Pete's 
chin first, and yeah. Pete like starts slipping. Yeah. And as soon as Mac gets that last wire through, Pete like flips and like drops the thing, and they all like they run away. They they're like, oh, they're funny. Like run to opposite ends of the basement, and nothing happens. Right. And then nothing happens. So they they do that, and so Pete gets the other grenade out of Mac's hands, and they freeze himself, and he takes the detonator out of the grenade, out of one of the grenades. Uh-huh. And then he uses the pull handle of the grenade as like a trigger yeah. for what he's about to do. He's going to make like a C4 charge and he's going to put it on the door of the uh, basement, uh-huh. which wouldn't that have done the same thing that he said was going to happen to Pete? Like colla- yeah. collapse the basement? But I think it's they took it out of the canister so it's not as it's not like an explosion. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. They took it out of the shell of the grenade. So he does exactly that. So he attaches the charge to the cellar door, uses the string, he kind of ties a string to the trigger and he runs it down the stairs and he pulls the pin, mm-hmm. waits, blows the door open and they get out. Yeah. Um done. So they have to get into town because there are no phones in the cabin. So they get there and yeah. they get down to the town and realize like all the phones are dead. Yeah. Uh they find the dead drivers. Um now this was ridiculous. Okay. So and I, and I could be wrong, but there's a so the scene right before this, okay? Yeah. We get the truck with the EMP device on it, clearly driven by Jonathan and Frank. Uh-huh. We see the van driven by MacGyver and Pete going into town, drive right by the truck with the EMP device on it. They didn't notice. Did it? it yeah, I I mean, I may have to rewatch it, but no, the, the because... black van that Pete and MacGyver were driving drives right past the truck with the EMP device on it. it I, for some reason, I thought Frank was driving that. Maybe he was. I maybe I was confused, but I'm just thinking. Yeah, because about... how did no right? Because they left the van behind. Because they get in the black van. The Pete and MacGyver get in the black van because they show up at the t- the TV station in the black van. Right, and then Frank, Jonathan, and Lisa. No, are, no, no, are they in don't. The... No, they don't. MacGyver what do they do? gets his jeep, I think. Oh, because I remember them in a very in the van, really in a black van. They wow, get, they I'm... get in the black van outside the cabin because Mac's jeep is not there. Because they, cause You're they, right. they take Mac hostage outside on the street. But his yeah, but his jeep's right up the end of the road. Right, it's right but there. I, he probably assumed maybe that. I don't know. It was just weird. I might have to watch it again, but I, I don't think no, it wasn't them. No, because is it the scene where the the van honks and the truck drives by? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't MacGyver and Pete. It was it was Frank and the other guys. Oh, maybe it yeah, was. Yeah, it wasn't MacGyver and Pete. Anyway, then I'm a fucking idiot. I love you. <clears throat> anyway, so they find the dead drivers inside the gas station, and they find an ID for a company called VectroComp. That's it, VectroComp. That's it, and they're apparently they're like uh they they deal in electromagnetic equipment. Oh, perfect! That's like that's their big, oh, that's the, that's their big thing. That's it. Um, and so as Mac and and Pete are figuring this out, they see like the um technical difficulties si- signal on the TV, and then Jonathan shows up mm-hmm. on the transmission, and he starts talking about how the government needs to release their leader, General Shakti, uh-huh. and if they don't release him, that they're going to attack the city, shut off all the electrical power, which is going to uh, set off a chain of mass chaos in the city, and they're going to start looting, and they're going to eliminate all the, you know, all the bank account information is going to be gone. No. And he's like, you have an hour to do it. you got to release him with it by 1 o'clock, uh-huh. and you're going to meet our demands, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can take that big EMP machine and stuff it up your butt. And that's kind of what the government does. They're like, yeah, no, yeah. we're not gonna. We're definitely not giving into this. Yeah. Like, no. Um. So, 
at this point, MacGyver realizes that his watch stopped uh-huh. at the same about the same time that his jeep went down. Right, and they're like, okay, so this is when they kind of put together that these guys stole an EMP generator, uh-huh. and that they created this communications dead zone is what they called it by taking out the telephones, sure, so that they could have somewhere to work without a problem, so nobody yeah. could get into them or find them. Except um, they forgot about like two way radios and CB radios, sure thing, iPods, <laughs> cell phones, absolutely, which didn't exist. Which it's fine. They make it a bit of prototype in 1989. Yeah, and, and it needs like its own battery pack and a backpack. Right, exactly. Um, so they realize, battery backpack. So they realize that they're like, well, we're gonna, they're going to need a lot of power to get this EMP device up and running and to be able to take out an entire city. They're like, we're going to need so much power to do this. And Pete's like, well, the only place that has enough juice to do that is this power lab. Of course, Power Tech. Of course, there's a power lab. <laughs> it's in a your power bar. lab called Power Tech. Okay, right down the street. Oh, perfect! How serendipitous! And so they get there, and there was about twenty minutes left until the deadline, until they hit that one o'clock deadline. And uh, Armin and Frank and Jonathan, they're all in the laboratory, and they take the staff hostage, which is like a, it's a skeleton crew. Right. There's like no one there. No. Nope. There's like the head. There's, there's like the director of the lab and like three support staff. But the girl with the gun, I forget her name. Lisa. Lisa. She's got so much like energy, you know, running in. Oh, oh, oh. But there's like no danger any place. I right. thought it was really funny. Right, exactly. So Frank, he he locates, he sees like this high capacity storage magnet. And he discovers, he's like, well, there's no power left in it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Really, Frank? Well, because Frank had been planted there to learn the processes and stuff. And there was supposed to be this big high capacity, this big capacitor that's supposed to be charged up every Tuesday, and it wasn't charged up. Oh, right. <laughs> and they were going to use it to take with them and bring on the on the uh, EMP gun and uh, use that as the power source. Right, exactly. And so, but it's not charged up. Right. So Frank's like, well, I guess the only other way we're going to have to get enough power is we can hook the machine up to to that thing right there and it's like <laughs> this high voltage generator yeah and he's like yeah we could do that but it's it's gonna be really risky because if this backfires or it doesn't work well right it's gonna blow up the entire machine right and us because like normally it takes this thing like a whole day to charge up and you want us to do it in like three minutes and three right. and they also said like it's three million volts right whatever exactly and jonathan's like yeah all right go ahead just go ahead and do it do it okay fine whatever so this is this god this was so lazy so mac and pete arrive and they like they sneak into the building and mac like jams the door where where they're all hiding like so that like kind of like stop them for a few minutes and then he like he strings a cable as a tripwire yeah he strings it across the floor he ties it off and he tells pete he's like listen if they come through this door he's like just give it a little tug and we'll we'll kind of incapacitate them for a minute and so macgyver he gets in there and he makes a run for the generator. Yeah. And as he's running, like Jonathan and Elisa are like up above in this in a in a um like a little um what the hell do I call it? I don't tell what I'm trying to That's say. It's like a gantry or something. Yeah, so know. they're standing well, up. Well Jonathan's out there, uh and Lisa is still in the control room. Right. And her buddy Armand or Amon. Armin. Armin yeah. is up working trying to attach the wire. Right. And so MacGyver makes a run for the generator and Jonathan sees him and Jonathan and Lisa come out and they they get through the right. jam door and Pete pulls up on the tripwire and it's like the laziest fall yeah ever they both trip and fall over and then Pete goes after one of the guns but not, isn't fast enough and they just 
they take him hostage again. Right. They take him by gunpoint. Right. Again. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh. and this is just like the story of Mac's life. Right. It was like the beginning, the first episode of the season where they're in the lumber mill and they keep getting caught and then, and then let go and then caught and let go. I think it was this season. It was on season three. Right. I don't right. remember. It doesn't matter. Same thing. So so Mac, he climbs up the tower um, on the generator and they can't really open fire on him because huh. if they hit the generator at this point, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow. Make a mess. And, and make a pretty big mess. Um, so So Mac gets up to the top and he tries to... He tries to break the connection hmm. between the generator and the EMP device. And Jonathan yells at Frank and he's like, go ahead and finish. Like, just just go ahead. Just do it. Yeah. Just like turn this thing on. Get this thing charged. And he's like, no, if we do that, like Armin is still trying to connect this battery. He's still up there. Do if we, it. If we turn it on, like we're going to kill him. He's like, fine. Just turn it on and just do it. Okay. Just turn it on. We need to charge it. We have to go now. And so Lisa tries to like shoot Jonathan, but she's too slow. And Jonathan pulls the gun and <laughs> just like kills Frank first. And then Lisa pulls the gun on Jonathan, and Jonathan just shoots Lisa right. and right. kills her. And then and then Armin gets electrocuted. Right. <laughs> Done. So now the device is um, the device is fully charged. Yeah, and Frank's still alive though. Right, is Fra- no, because he kills Frank, and then Lisa tries to pull the gun on Jonathan for killing Frank, and then she kills Frank. So then, then Jonathan but- kills. Oh no, you're right. Frank is still alive. Yeah, that's right. Because she pulls the guy the- with the beard. That's right. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm an idiot. All right. So MacGyver confirms, and he kind of talks to like the director of the laboratory, hmm. who asks him like, what, what's the like, what's the what's the deal. Like what's the deal with the CMP device? Like what are we looking at? If this thing is fully charged, how how far could this thing reach? And he's like, oh, easily like two miles. Yeah, cover like at least a two mile radius. Yeah. No problem whatsoever. Yeah. And he's like, all right, well, where's the like what's the best vantage point that we can get here? And he's like, oh, like right over here at the end of the road. Yeah, that's like a, like a an overlook or something that you can see the entire city over like a bay over like a, some water. And uh, yeah, so you have the vantage point of the whole city. This is where they're going to set up this device and just aim it at the town. It's going to be crazy. Right, exactly. And so as we had said earlier, like the government like at, refuses. Like They're not going to release General Shakti to Jonathan or to anybody else. So Frank and Jonathan continue on with their plan. Mm-hmm. They t- they flimsily tie Pete up to a tree. I know. that like Pete's tied still with his hands around his back. But then they sit him down at like the base of a tree and just pass a rope around him like twice and loosely tie it in the back. Oh yeah, there's no way Pete should have been able to get out of that. You just squirm right out of it, like no problem. So then, yeah, but he didn't. He just sat there like a lump. Yeah, of course he did. Um, so they get over there and they're like getting ready to activate the generator and the EMP device. And uh, MacGyver, yeah, I think he at this point like he gives Pete like a quick wave. Like Pete can see him at this point, and so yeah. MacGyver. Like sneaks over behind the EMP device, and he's looking for something to do. Like I think he gets in the back of the truck. Oh, he gets he gets in the van or something, or in a van or one of the vehicles. You know, he gets in the truck. You're right. Yeah, he gets in the cab of the truck, takes one of the two way radios apart, and just starts wrapping wire around other parts of things, like right. inside the radio, and then takes another radio and and leaves, and somehow makes it to the back side of the of the whole flatbed. Right. Exactly. Exactly, and so he, but he kind of like re, he rewires all the walkie talkies. What were we gonna say? Yeah, no, no. He he rewires one of the walkie talkies and plants it under like the 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 rear tail of the of the flatbed, and then runs off someplace. Right, and then 
uses the good walkie-talkie and transmits or tries to call the other one, and it shorts out and creates a bunch of smoke. Right, which is enough to draw Frank out. Frank kind of like goes around the corner, and he's like looking, he's trying to figure out what it was, and MacGyver, like, I don't know where he comes from, he just like comes out from somewhere. He materializes, yeah. He does. He he knocks him, he knocks uh, he knocks Frank but out. But what he does, this is what I love. So Frank is like kind of bent over looking underneath the, this flatbed truck, this trailer, and MacGyver comes up and does like the kind of shittiest kick and right. like kicks him in the butt. Yeah. And knocks him head first into like the metal of the trailer. Right. And knocks him out. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm like, that's amazing. And so he knocks him out, like he drags him out of the truck, and Jonathan's like kind of like having a moment, like, Frank, where like where the fuck Frank? Come on. I right. just So he kinda like Jonathan comes out and he goes around the corner and he looks and he sees Frank's feet. And MacGyver sort of once again materializes out of nowhere tackles jonathan from behind enough and like knocks him down a hill and they like tumble down a hill Mm -hmm. onto like this like little beach yeah like a little like sandy beach and then macgyver does one good solid punch knocks jonathan out oh yeah yeah i think jonathan got one hit in but like knocks him out cold oh absolutely down knocks him down to the ground knocks him to the ground now, at this point, before this, uh, Frank had set a three-minute timer uh-huh. on the EMP device. So in three minutes, it was going to be one o'clock. The device was going to go out and knock out power yeah. to the entire city. And so Pete's still tied to the tree, and Max now, he's uh, Jonathan's knocked out, Frank's knocked out. Mac is up at the controls to the EMP generator, yeah. and he's trying to figure it out, and he's yelling at Pete. He's like... Every, he's yeah, like, oh, everything's he's locked up. He can't do anything. Right. He's like, there's no fail safe. Like, this thing's going off in like a minute. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell. And so Pete starts yelling back and forth to him. And so what he does is he takes a set of metal cables mm-hmm. and he hooks one to the front of the generator, like the satellite, the dish. Mm-hmm. And he runs the wire from the dish to the battery. Yeah. So that when the satellite goes off and it attempts to fire the EMP at the city, it's going to reroute up the wire into the battery mm-hmm. and basically short the whole system out and blow the whole thing up. Right. Which is exactly what it does. Right. Um, and I just thought it would be really funny like if it was like a fail-safe that it just goes off in any capacity. So they still end up <laughs> knocking out the power to just the boom, entire city. the whole city. thing just blows up. Mac just accidentally rerouted the power, making it more powerful. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> That would oh, be funny. Oh, oh shit. Oh, about oh. about your raise, MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go ahead and just take your year's worth of salary because uh. you just killed 10 miles worth of, yeah. oh. worth of power. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but yeah, so that's exactly what it does. It knocks out It knocks out the power. Um, it knocks out the, the EMP device, kind of like shuts everything down. I think Mac kind of unties Pete, and they're just like, they kind of like, chuckle with each other we fade out and we come back and this i actually thought this was a this was a good like pete's pete's defiance Uh so the military arrives and pete is explaining to lieutenant dickmouth that everything that happened over the last couple hours is going to be put up in a report Mm -hmm. by the phoenix foundation and you get this sense from 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 dickmouth that the military wants to cover this up. Yeah. And they're not going to like let this report go out. And uh, Pete um, 
Pete was like, nope, nope, this is definitely definitely what's going to happen. And uh, we get this we get this nice little closing line. It's just, again, it's a nice defiant Pete, and I, I really enjoyed it. There's not going to be any report, Mr. Thornton. I feel a stone wall coming here. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. Count on it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, Pete, what do you feel like doing next weekend? Well, I... <laughs> oh, Peter. And there it is. Like, yeah, wrapped up nicely. Like, Pete's going to release this information to the public. The military's not going to have their say. And everyone's going to go about their business. And next week, uh, MacGyver will be stuck in another predicament. Yeah. What's it going to be, David? <laughs> um, well, well, we'll get to that. Let's get to that in a minute. But what do we go for our for our mullet ratings here? Because I, I, I'm, I'm torn between my ratings but i want to hear what you got first Well, i don't know so the one note that i have just before my mullet rating says what a shitty ending of course i did not like the ending it was just like right like a fizzled out no real fun absolutely Uh, so i wrote one mullet for pete and mac it's always fun to see them together helping each other out and getting mad at each other yes i think that's fun i mean they, they really play off each other well one mullet for the pace and the no fucks given yep like it just goes it's oh just yeah! Like it, this this episode just started with with uh, like people getting shot, and it just went like one thing after the other. I had some place in my notes I, I wrote it was kind of Murdoch insanity. Yeah, like the way Cleo rocks was kind of crazy. That's yes. the way this was. It was just oh, like absolutely, madness. absolutely. Um, and one mullet for one mullet for Pete's idea about putting the pins back in the grenades. I thought that was good to see Pete thinking. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, eh, help. Like, I don't know where else to go. Like, I don't know if I want to give it more. But right. Th- three was good. I mean, it was it was very fast-paced and fun. Yeah. Maybe I'd give a, a half a mullet for MacGyver's kick in the butt knocking that guy into the trailer. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But that was goofy. Yeah. That was goofy. So I actually, as I was listening to you, I, I, I actually knocked mine down by a half. Oh, really? Um, I started at a four, <clears throat> but I ended at a three and a half. Okay. So I gave it a mullet because it's a Pete and Mac episode. I always love their I always love their dynamic together. Yeah. I gave a mullet for the excessively large EMP device. It's so on big. the back of a flatbed. Yeah. <laughs> um, a mullet for the beach fight. Yeah. Okay. It's just that was kind of fun to watch. And then be- because there was an undertone of Mac kind of being a dick to Pete, I gave a half a mullet to Pete's ideas, like uh-huh. Pete kind of coming up, but then realizing like is Mac just like right testing him on this um good thinking pete so i knocked that down to a half so i gave it a three and a half okay still a pretty solid episode just not as good as i like i'd I'd watch it again i mean it was definitely fun oh yeah i I really didn't like the bad guys no i I like the 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 tertiary ones like jonathan was okay but the other ones who really didn't have anything to say they were just kind of not Good. Like Lisa, I barely think. I think she may have had maybe three, two or three lines. Yeah, she didn't tops. have much, and she was just like a placeholder, just there, someone with a gun running around being bullish. I don't right. Know. Exactly. So, oh, they were okay, but again, it was there are far better, far better episodes this season than this yeah. one. But again, they're winding up the season here, so um, I makes me wonder if they're just like they're burning off what they've got left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, right. To kind of finish true, out the true. season. All right, let's get um, it done. Let's get so it done. This this next episode, actually, the next one coming up, and I'll read it to you in a second. Here makes me feel like 
this is all I get. And this came off the back of the DVD, so like I don't yeah. know who writes these, but this is all I get for the right. next episode. So you ready for this? Yes. So the next episode is Season 4, Episode 18, Renegade. A mentally disturbed ex-Navy SEAL who once saved MacGyver's life steals a vial of deadly anthrax. That's it. Okay. That's all I get for a synopsis for the episode for next episode. Sounds next dangerous. I mean, it's probably going to be pretty good. Yep. Um, I'm hoping it is, and we're going to wrap this season up here, two episodes plus the recap, so we're, we're coming quick. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, good episode. I think, uh, I think we're going to hopefully end the episode strong, not like Murderer's Sky. Um, the end of season three. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like. Eh. But uh, this is definitely for me. This feels like the quickest season. Yeah, I mean it is because it's the shortest season. But in just in general, like it's just been really, really a quick, 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 quick go through for us. A quick, quickity, quick. Um, yeah, it's for sure. But yeah, so that's gonna that's gonna wrap it this week. Uh, I think uh, I think Greg and I are running a little short tonight, but that's okay. Um, that's it's uh, it's been a good episode. Not a problem. Um, Not a problem. So, if you liked this episode and you liked what you heard, um, let us let us know on on our various forms of social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram is uh, Champa Klein. Twitter is Blow Your Mind fourteen. Uh, Facebook is Champ and Klein Blow Your Mind. Go ahead and give us a like on that. Do it. You can email us at letusblowyourmind at gmail dot com. You can find us on our website at champacline dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the best way uh, to find and listen to our archived episodes of not only this show, but also Champ and Klein, Blow Your Mind, and the 1440, our other two podcasts. Um, yeah, so so give us a listen. Uh, give us an email. Give us a shout-out. We'd, we'd love to hear from you guys. So mm-hmm. for Mullets and Memories this week, I am your host, Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time for a smoke.